0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal, kicking off season two tonight with my co-host, B. Red Galt. What's up, brother? How's it going, man? Ready for,
1: ready for the start of season two, and ready for college football here in the next month. It's going. What do we have? We're approaching what thirty days to week zero. Yeah, I think the first game is what is it, August twenty eighth, I believe. Yeah, I think I think Nebraska and and Illinois plays that first week. I think that's kind of the main one. The rest are kind of, I don't think the rest are power five, but Nebraska and Illinois that's the first game. So,
0: yeah, I, I don't, don't think we're going to get. Yeah. And then you have Hawaii, UCLA, Utah, New Mexico, Fresno State, Connecticut. And there may be like another game or so. But hey, yeah. you know,
1: as long as we get it
0: back, we're going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, we are. Hey, we got fans this year. Hopefully the fans are there the whole year. So, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm ready for it. Last year last year was good to have football, but the lack of atmosphere and just among other things, it, was, it just didn't feel the same. So hopefully this year it does.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So we got our NC State season tickets again this year. Do you have any trips planned for this college football season?
1: So I'll definitely be going to the first game when NC State plays USF. So I'll definitely to be there Thursday night. Yes, sir. There's been, hey, they've got a few uh, few night games this year, too. I think so. they open up with three night games in a row. Yeah. I mean, we, we know State usually, NC State yeah. usually is all about the, uh, the noon game. The noon so. kickoffs. Yeah,
0: they're Thursday night against USF, and then they're a Saturday, I think 7.30, against Furman. Yeah. And then I think they go to Mississippi State, and that's a night game.
1: And then they have yeah, – to- but- yeah, I mean depending night how they game. do in the yeah. depending how they do in the first three, could the Clemson be a three thirty kind of or night game maybe? Yeah,
0: you know, it probably. could be. It really could be. And it'd be weird. I mean, I don't think any NC State fan would be used to opening up the season with three you still have three night games all season. <laughs> Better no. yet
1: no. three in a row. Yeah, that that um that that Mississippi State game is going to be the the telling factor about how NC State's going to be. The yeah, and we, yeah, we'll obviously get into that, but I think yeah. that's a very winnable game for North Carolina State. I do, too. I do, too. But, yeah, like you said, whenever that, whenever uh, August comes around, we'll get into those. But right now we have, a, we have a few things going on I think we want to touch base about. We got the conference realignment right now, OU in Texas. Potentially going to the SEC if the SEC takes them. I mean, they've already told the Big 12 that, hey, we want, We care more about the money, not winning. So we're just going to go ahead and go to the SEC. <laughs> and then uh, I think I think we want to talk a little bit about, about uh, COVID. I mean, COVID, it's still around. How will it affect the the games coming up this year? Yep. We saw what happened to the NC State baseball team. Unfortunately, if it wasn't for that I think I think as the state would be national championship champions in baseball but uh it's never find out
0: yeah wolf packing
1: yeah and so then so uh, where the you want to start, start. You know, it'll be uh, Nil yes yes yeah right down to uh has been. The nil is something else it depends yeah. on how you
0: about it, whether you're
1: like pro or against it, and like yeah. you want you want to go ahead and start off with that with nil. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: nil, name, image, and likeness, I think, is a good step to take for collegiate sports. You know, it it's pretty jacked up that every college student in the world can make money off of who they are. Yeah. Unless you're basically
1: getting a sponsorship from the NCAA. Wait, who is that? That's Nick. I live with Nick, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought someone was trying to enter the Zoom chat. No, that's Nick. Wait, that was the actual doorbell? What? No, that, that was him Zoom. yelling up to me. That's what it was. So, oh. Anyway, carry on. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
0: no, but as I was saying, I think it's fair that collegiate athletes can make money off of them being who they are. You know, like it, like you are your own personal brand. If you ever take it, Williamson was sell it Duke. I mean, he probably
1: yeah, he, he would have been. You probably have made I his mean, rookie he, contract. He probably would. I mean, you probably would already have a shoe deal and everything else. I mean, when the whole thing was proposed, I was kind of worried about college athletics and where kind of like what the name and name image likeness kind of where it would go. But honestly, after it was announced, after the first week, I feel like it's kind of been blown over. If I'm being completely honest, I mean, I, I really thought it was going to be kind of a continuing thread. but I mean, besides, well, first of all, can we talk about Bryce Young, how Bryce Young, has not thrown a freaking pass in college football yet. And Nick Saban just said, well, last week that he's already about seven figures in endorsement. Yeah. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I mean, he could be a total bust and we don't even know. Well, he may be a bust, but he's going to get us some money this year. Well, that's true too. And if he, if he continues the ball through the, the middle of the year or at the beginning of the year, then, uh, He'll be making a lot more money, probably as well. Since I think he's what is he a redshirt freshman? The redshirt yeah. last year, I believe. Yeah, well, I guess everybody gets a year, so mm-hmm. next year. But yeah, but yeah, I'm in, I'm interested to see how it goes, how it continues, because I think as more players kind of break out from the beginning to maybe the middle to the end of the year, I think we'll be seeing some. I don't know some lucrative deals. I think a lot of colleges also. It kind of just spun upon them so they really were not prepared i've heard that kind of around the block about how some colleges are just not prepared for kind of the whole name image image likeness and like athletes are kind of not happy about
0: it yeah but how could you be because like yeah. matt brown i was listening to and although like for those who don't know i live in charlotte but charlotte sports radio is terrible so i stream 99 the fan basically all day which is local to the Triangle. In, uh, in Raleigh-Burn, North Carolina, yeah. So, I mean, Mac Brown was on a local show, I believe it was Adam Gold or the OG, one of those two. And he said, basically, like on a random Thursday, they said, here you go, like, have it. <laughs> and everyone kind of yeah. said, well, what do we do with it? It's like it's It's like going into the cafeteria for your first time as a kindergartner in elementary school and they say, okay, grab a tray, and then you pick up the tray, and then it's like, okay, well, what do we do? Like, do we go down the line? Do we pick up, like, 10 of everything? Like, like, how many milk do we get? How many juice boxes? Like, I mean, there was no structure to it, but I think it's going to structure itself, as obviously you see some players getting smaller deals, and then you have Bryce Young, who's approaching seven figures already.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting how it continues, continues to unfold during the kind of beginning to middle of the year. So, I mean, I, like I said, I'm sure as some players continue to ball out, I think we will see kind of more deals come through. Because I think a lot of people are probably hesitant to kind of go ahead and do it, but. We'll see as it continues, but it's definitely been an interesting topic, but it hasn't been as crazy as I thought it would, and I think that's probably because of other things that have kind of came into the picture, which we're going to touch on here in a second.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, like, so P. Miller, little Romeo's dad, his son is the highest NIL athlete. He signed a $2 million deal with a company called Web Apps two million dollars
1: i did see that and i was like huh but i mean it's crazy it is it's wild but hey maybe it will continue maybe like college athletes guys that are out of high school instead of going to the g league now we'll get to see them come to college now because hey they're going to be able to get paid so the money the five hundred thousand dollars that they can get in the G League or whatever, how much money they can get, maybe they'll come to college because honestly they might be able to get more and they can have the college atmosphere and experience the college just kind of life so it might not be a bad thing going forward. It definitely it definitely opens up maybe for not maybe the bigger schools as well, maybe it will kind of spread it out because you can go to any school and make money anywhere so it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds but it's definitely been been very very interesting I would say
0: no I agree 100 percent and based off of that um, I have a question for you uh, uh, off the off the line of the Hi. top question so when you were a student at NC state if three local businesses in the triangle area could have sponsored you as an Nil athlete which would they have been um Three businesses. It could have been places you frequented. You know, the
1: local gym, like food places, anything, anything you. Uh, I go to Sammy's a lot. So Sammy's probably one. Sammy, Sammy's yep. bar, okay. Sammy's Tapping Grill or whatever it's called. Um, man, this is tough. I mean, there's. There's not really anything like crazy around here, you know, that like you'd be like, oh, yeah, I want, I want them to sponsor me, you know.
0: Or maybe not even local, I mean,
1: anything in the world. I mean,
0: web apps, 2 million.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, like, how does that even come up? Like, like where does that come from? I mean, if, if, if anything was sponsoring me, like, I mean, just add the realm. Like, I would definitely want Nike. I'm a big Nike guy. So Nike would be probably my number one. Um, oh, I, this, I don't even know anything crazy I mean what would be yours so
0: <laughs> and yeah, I'm definitely looking at this as my, my favorite places i.e bars in college so yeah this place Tongi Schmack House it it was in business in Wilmington for maybe two two and a half tops like three years at maximum years but it opened my senior year, and that's actually where we met friend of the program, Chase. He was a bartender there. And not saying that I pay for everything there because of a hookup or a discount, but it, it was by far my favorite place. So Mondays was mug night. Like I used to bring in my 32 on Steady tumbler, and they'd fill it and you pay five dollars. And I mean, it may not have been five. You had to pay something every time you went up we didn't have to yeah. pay every time we went up but no i mean like that was awesome and you got free pull tuesday they did taco tuesday wednesday they did all you can eat wings thursday we usually head down to the beach or whatnot but like every like weekday we were there like that's where our friend group was so number one is tony's smack house number two a little bit of a sleeper uh one of my favorite beach bars palm room at riceville beach tuesday nights they did, was it like $1.50, 16 ounce PBR, maybe like a two or $3 fireball shot. I mean, Riceville Beach in general, you can find a dollar beer or like $2 shot every night of the week. Yeah. Like when I say in college, like if you had $20 in your pocket going to the beach, you could get as drunk as you wanted <laughs> Because it wasn't expensive. Like it was literally dirt cheap. Like. Living yeah. in Charlotte and going to a bar and paying $5 for a Miller light, I'm like, ah, I kind of got like three of these things a couple years ago for the same price. So palm room number two and you know, number three is pretty tough. Like I want to say Red Dogs, which was kind of like the, the one o'clock to two o'clock place. You go get a fish bowl. They start 40s, so go get a Miller High Life 40, like sit on the ledge and like dance. Uh, so either Red Dogs or Loggerheads loggerheads so was more of a like hole in the wall like sit outside on the stoop like kind of yeah. like and, you know just just set sail away so i will say everything probably would have been involved around drinking for my for my I mean,
1: I, i'm not surprised <laughs> i'm not really surprised i mean it kind of <laughs> 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 it kind of <goes>, could <laughs> if i'm being honest i don't even know why i asked honestly yeah, NIL. no, and
0: I did you see? Uh, is it uh, DJ Uyongalale at Clemson?
1: Bojangles, did he go Bojangles? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bojangles would be a solid one to be sponsored by, if I'm being honest. That'd be that'd be solid,
0: yeah. And I think
1: I'll be solid, yeah.
0: So, DJ's number five for Clemson, I believe. And during ACC Media Day, someone said, you know, whenever Clemson wins. Like $5 Supreme box, <laughs> like when number five wins or something like that. Like in yeah. the Carolinas, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, that'd be every single week, usually. So 13 weeks in a row. Yeah. I mean, they would, they, I mean, we'll get, like I said, we'll get into that in a month, but ATC just revolves around Clemson.
0: Yeah, well, um, you, you, if that if that comes to fruition, you may see me at Bojangles every Monday getting a four-piece. <laughs> I'll be there, too. <laughs> With a sweet tea. Yeah. No, right, but so you,
1: what do you want Sorry, go
0: ahead.
1: Had, no, I wouldn't. Did you have something to add on there? No, I was going to say NIL
0: is going to be in our lifetime, other than, like, the conference realignment that happened in the early 2000s, and that's going to happen, you know, here in like, is it like four years, Whenever Oklahoma and Texas, like, and we'll get to that. And yeah. I hope like, it's going to be the biggest game changer of collegiate sports because it's going to be, agree. what can you offer me by going to this university?
1: Yeah, it, I mean, I, I agree. Not,
0: not for every, like, athlete, but for, I say almost for every five-star is going to ask that, 100%.
1: Yeah, it's going to be how marketable can I be there? Like, what's the – with my marketability there, so yeah, I mean it's gonna be. I mean once they get, once the colleges, I think, kind of get maybe it's more under the wraps. But I, honestly, I don't know if the colleges should be in charge of that. I feel like it should be kind of the players. I mean they're the ones that can hire the agents and everything like that. So they're they're getting the opportunity now to make money. So I think they should be just the ones hiring the agents and kind of going from there. I don't know if necessarily the colleges should be like feeling like they're in charge and kind of helping them out. I mean, helping them out to a certain extent, but like not putting everything out there for them. I mean, colleges are already paying their tuition and everything like that. So I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but that's kind of where I am.
0: Yeah. I think both of us are, If there's a very, like, sweet medium, let's just say extreme, you get room and board, free schooling, meal, like, that's it. It, Or, like, a stipend check. Like, what it is now. Let's say what is it is now until to the far, like, right or left, whichever way you want to go on the spectrum, you know, free market. You can make whatever you want to. I think both of us recognize that college athletes should get a little bit more than what they get now, especially for the bigger market sports, i.e. Yeah. football, basketball.
1: Football, basketball.
0: But I, a, but again, by saying that, I think we're somewhat both in the middle to where, you know, you have to regulate it somewhat. Like, it shouldn't be the Wild West, but they should not be working for free. That's absolute bullshit.
1: No. Yeah, I mean, well, you or typical NCAA, they just – they didn't have any rules and regulations when they thought about this. So, I mean, I, I kind of thought at the beginning they were kind of doing a certain amount of how much a student-athlete can make. But now you see Bryce Young making $1 million almost. And then, so, I mean, it's going to be the sky's the limit for them, I feel like. Like, the, the NCAA is not competent enough to kind of put rules and reg- regulations in there. So, I mean, which might be good. Like I said, maybe we'll make, maybe we'll, we'll get to see some really good college athletes in college instead of kind of skipping to the G League because they need money now. So yeah. it could end up being a good thing.
0: No, I hope so. And that's also the thing, like the NCAA, they're a non-profit. So yeah. anything they do, they, it's, it's funny because whatever they do as a non-profit, they try to profit off of and then, you know, give us a kickback as possible. And again, I'm not yeah. more straight up paying athletes i, I think that's the end of amateurism too but again you have to have a happy medium and the ncaa has never done a lot to support the student athlete in where they are they've done more yeah. to protect their back ends and what is it uh mark emmerich was he making
1: like several million dollars a year yeah he's making he's he's, loser. he's such an idiot i mean he just he's terrible
0: yeah, and they're, they're
1: not proactive. They're not with the times.
0: Yeah, I, they don't care. NCAA, they'll be faced out in, what,
1: 10 years? Yeah, I hope so. And I think the conference realignment, which we're about to talk about soon, I think that's kind of a step forward in trying to maybe get rid of the NCAA.
0: Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and transition into that. And before we kick this off and I get your initial thoughts, so the cool thing – or not the cool thing, the unique thing about conference realignment is – that schools can talk to conferences. So, for example, I'm ECU, like down east in the swamp in North Carolina. Hey, ACC, you guys expanding? We've always been in the neighborhood. You know, every now and then, whenever we get the right guy at home, we have a pretty good football team, basketball, not that competitive, but baseball fits right into the ACC mold. Like very good baseball team. So, schools can talk to conferences, but conferences can't talk to schools. What do you think about
1: that? I mean, I mean it's fine. I mean, like this whole thing just kind of came out of the works, just like I mean, it just came out of nowhere. And it's funny how we have two rivals in both Oklahoma and Texas, kind of joining forces together to kind of get out of the Big Twelve. I mean, there are always rivalries on the field, but they kind of joined together to basically dissolve the Big Twelve for being honest. I mean that's basically what's happening. Because without OU in Texas, the Big Twelve is nothing. That's why I'm I'm hopeful for Jake Spy to hold. Because I, I, I don't know I don't want to end up in the same commerce as ECU. I really don't. But it, I mean in the I was looking into it because it says, you know, they they notified the Big Twelve today about yeah. 2025 about the media rights or everything like that. But at the same time, if they really want to, then they can pay both schools can pay 75 to 80 million and get out of the Big 12 within the, the next 18 months. So they don't have to stay in the con. So the Big 12 still has the media rights till 2025, but if they pay the buyout fee kind of, of 75 to 80 million. And they have to stay there for 18 more months, but after that, they're free to join, free to join the SEC by the Big 12 buyout. But it, all, it also brings up to the point of the SEC still has the votes to let them in, which we know Texas A&M is not a fan of it. So no. it'll be interesting how that goes. But essentially, what we're going to have here is we're going to have chaos because Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, it, it's not going to be the last school to leave, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely not. And before we get back to what that conference will mean for itself, do you think it's funny how every, I will not say everyone, but the vast majority of media personnel think that Texas a and this was going on behind their back. And they blew the whistle and leaked it to the public. Yeah. because They yeah. wanted to stop it in its tracks to stop Texas. Like it, can you even say their big brother? Because Texas hasn't even been that good in our lifetime. In our well, lifetime,
1: I feel like Texas AM has been better than Texas. Well, that that's the other thing is listen, I understand the whole I understand that you want the money. It's all about the money. We all know that. But Texas hasn't been relevant in football since Mac Brown's been there. So yeah. you can't you can't even win in the Big Twelve right now? What do you think you're gonna do? Go win in the SEC? I mean it's not gonna happen. And same goes for Oklahoma. You're dominating the Big Twelve every year and you're getting into the college football playoff. And that's only gonna continue when they extend it to twelve teams here in the next couple of years. So now you go into the big or into the SEC and now you put into jeopardy you getting into the playoff every single year. Like I understand it's all about the money, but at the same time, like I, I just I don't get it. Like Texas, you can't even win in the Big Twelve right now. Think you're gonna
0: go win in the SEC? So a couple of things in give or take, getting away my personal thoughts. I think Notre Dame and Texas, and you can include USC in there too, are the three most overrated programs in collegiate sports at the moment. Like we said, yeah. Texas has not been good since Mac Brown. And even then, like when they played Give or take the Vince Young days, like that, that was awesome. When they, when Colt McCoy, and like when they played Bama, him getting hurt didn't really make that much of a difference. What were you, freshman in high school when that happened? I don't think so. Well, when Colt McCoy
1: got hurt? Yeah. Yeah. If Colt McCoy didn't get hurt against Bama in that championship, I fully believe Texas would have won that game. Really? Really do? Oh, yeah. They – I mean, because then you put in what Garrett Gilbert, I believe his name was. Yeah, it was Gilbert. He, he started – yeah, he ended up being a boss. Poor guy. But, um, yeah, I fully believe – I mean, off topic, but I fully believe they would have won that game. But, yeah, they haven't been – they haven't been relevant since that time. I mean, and they they still get the recruits, but everybody thought Tom Hermel was going to be the guy. and We thought he wasn't. So, still uh, – I'll still be, uh, also be interested to see how Arkeesian does here. I don't really know what kind of – hopefully he can stay uh, sober. But <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he'll be able to handle the program. But, yeah, I agree. I, USC and Notre Dame are the same way, both overrated. And Notre Dame, can, can we pick a conference? Like, can you get into a conference? Because, first of all, the ACC literally saved them last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, literally save them. Like, without ACC, Notre Dame would have been screwed. And then, of course, they get killed in the playoff like they do every single year when they get there. And then USC, well, they just haven't been relevant. I'm surprised Clay is still there.
0: Yeah, he got saved. But before we keep going, I just want to go ahead and uh, let everybody know that we're not officially sponsored. But if Bush wants to sponsor us, Feel free because of luck, guys. <laughs> no, but uh, going into my next question. So, was it Georgia that Texas beat in a bowl game when they didn't want to be there, like, like two years ago?
1: Yeah. The the yeah. whole Sam no. Te- Texas right. Texas beat Georgia, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So Texas because you think that you think that went to their head? I don't know. I, I mean, I'll give you that Sam Alligator left everything on the field, but. It was time for them to move on. But yeah, he always said he said, We're back or whatever. And it's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys every single year, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they have the high expectations. And I feel like every year we're talking about them being a being a playoff team, a Super Bowl team. And what do they do? They don't even they don't even make playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's the honest to God truth in give or take for the SEC as a whole i think oklahoma brings much more to the table than texas give or take oklahoma's a lot better than texas now but i mean everyone says that like texas has all this history which they somewhat do in a lot of resources i kind of feel like they saw texas a and m in this shiny new like car going down the road and they were you know kind of like driving a clunker (laughs) yeah they are you need to go to that dealership across the street get some more horsepower because let's be real The SEC is the biggest brand of college football. Oklahoma joining the conference. Does Texas really do anything? I feel like it's all Oklahoma
1: at the moment. I mean, but the only thing Texas does is is they bring a huge – they bring a big brand, and they bring revenue or whatever, I guess, in a way. But, I mean, they're not going to get you any revenue by winning anything because they're not winning anything. So – It's just a big name and a big face in the conference. And, I mean, I know we're all talking about this, but SEC still has to vote them in in the first place. I mean, I think it's kind of just understood that they're probably going to do that anyway, but they still have to do that. Wouldn't that be hilarious if they ended up voting and not voting one of them in Uh or, like, voting Oklahoma in? Uh Yep, yep, yep.
0: And that's what I was getting at. I could see Texas A&M being like the majority house whip in the Senate and just whipping up votes to not allow
1: Texas in That would be amazing. Oklahoma. In. And I could see it. I could. It would be incredible. I, I mean, I'm not even going to lie, but I mean, it kind of brings up the thing about let's talk about if Texas and Oklahoma leave, what does that do for the big 12? Cause I think it dissolves it. Honestly. I mean, I think, Without Texas and Oklahoma, the Big 12 is decimated. And- I agree.
0: So it, it, and let, let's go back to that. So let's just say the Oklahoma footprint, two big schools, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, both in the Big 12. Oklahoma's out. What can the Big 12 do to kind of reclaim that footprint? Tulsa's not getting in. Tul- yeah. Actually, it might be a stretch and less likely than these other schools that I'm about to ring off. But Tulsa doesn't have that much of an outside-looking-in shot to get in because they have to replace it. But you go down to Texas, who are you going to get? Like SMU or Houston, maybe?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you probably go Houston. I mean, I know there's talk about maybe bringing Cincinnati on. But, I mean, no matter what you do, those brands are not the same as Texas and Oklahoma. It's just not even close. Right, they're
0: not. So and I think – out of let's say the three schools that I just named, Houston, SMU, and Tulsa. Houston has the best chance of getting in. Houston, I think best ballot to get into the Big Twelve. Next, yeah. is it SMU? Probably. Probably. I mean I dude, they're, they're gonna have to purge the American for teams. That's not good. No.
1: I mean it's it's bad. I mean yeah I just I don't know. Unless maybe you put the big 12 teams and you deviate them out between the big 10 and the ACC, maybe, or even the Pac 12. And then you just, so you completely eliminate the big 12 and then you just go with big 10, ACC, SEC, and Pac 12. That's four major conferences.
0: Would the American
1: make it a power five? No, American. no. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I I got two thoughts. So let me hit on this before I forget. So let's just say, for let's say for example, Oklahoma goes to the East in the SEC. Just Mm -hmm. verbatim, Texas goes to the West. Let's list list off the West. Bama, they're clearly better than Texas. Yeah. A and M's better than Texas. Yes. And I'll just go through these next two schools. Do you think in just simple yes or no? Do you think Auburn is better than Texas as it stands? Yes.
1: I do too. I mean do you they're think LSU, either yes or even. Okay. Do you think LSU is better than Texas? Not right now, probably not. I would put them even. I'd say not based on last season, but I say no, over based on- LSU
0: has more talent than Texas and a better yeah,
1: coach. I, I would agree with that last season was not good but they also lost a ton of talent from that year before.
0: Yes, agreed. Okay, so let's just say Bama, A&M, Auburn, LSU ahead of Texas. So that will put Texas number five in the West. Ole Miss, I think if Lane Kiffin yeah. like, took that team to Austin tomorrow, they'd probably win.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a chance.
0: It. I, mean, I think Ole Miss might be better than Texas in the current state. And they would definitely score on them. Yeah, I mean, Texas going to put up 50? Probably not. No. All right now? Yeah, I don't think so. And then you have Arkansas, Mississippi State. I'd give Texas a nod over them, too.
1: I, I don't really. I mean, Arkansas, yeah. Even though Arkansas, th- he did a good job last year. He I did mean, a they very good job. A, they, they were in the, almost
0: every game except for Bama. They were.
1: And they got screwed in that Auburn game, didn't it? Was it Auburn? The whole game. Yeah, it so was whatever, Auburn. They got screwed in that game. And then – I really don't know much about Mississippi State, honestly, but I think you can really say that Texas is not a guarantee in beating any one of those teams in that conference, in that side of the conference.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think the only two teams that Texas could – only one team, Texas, could probably be is Vanderbilt. I wouldn't even give them South Carolina right now.
1: No, I wouldn't either. So, yeah.
0: I mean, go ahead, get your money,
1: but get ready for some losing seasons.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're signing up to lose but make a lot of money. And I think they're just going to try to bully Texas A&M in the state of Texas and, I guess, the rest of the Southeastern Conference to see what they got. But my next question for you, so what happens to the ACC? Because in my mind, I think it would be easy when when teams reach out to conferences, you know – if, I don't think Notre Dame's joining a conference, but let's just say they did. Okay, ACC gets Notre Dame. I think the next best school that ACC could get is UCF. I think UCF would – they could probably beat Georgia Tech. They'd probably, probably be competitive
1: in the ACC. I mean, b- besides Clemson, I, I mean, in maybe probably North Carolina this year and maybe even Miami. The ACC is always open, honestly. I mean, if I'm being honest, like, you know, state drops. State has that WTF game every single year. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you, know, and you know it will happen again this year. Whether in, if we're being honest, it's probably how Wake Forest again, just like it is every year.
0: Well, NC State
1: can't beat Wake Forest. We know that. I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's always you're supposed to beat them. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm a little biased here, but I I know we don't we don't line up academic wise. But West Virginia is going to need a home here shortly, okay? So geographically, it makes sense, okay? Because we're only Morgantown's only like six or seven hours away from like Wake Forest, UNC. NC State, Duke. Our fans travel well. They're going to travel well to those games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You bring back the backyard or the backyard brawl with Pitt, and you bring back the old biggest Big East, big East uh, rivalry with Virginia Tech. The Black Diamond Trophy. Yeah, and then also back in the really early, early Big East days, West Virginia and Miami always used to duke it out as well. So it would kind of bring. big – Big East uh, big East football back because we used to play Syracuse back then as well. So I don't know. I mean geographically I think it makes sense. But also last time we were discussing this back in 2011, 2012, they voted no for us. So that's why we ended up in the Big Twelve in the first place. But I think I think you're gonna see this shift towards maybe the Big Ten, the ACC after they're seeing what the SEC is doing, I think you're going to be like, huh, like something's going to have to change to be able to compete with these. Yep. And I
0: I think it could happen for two reasons. And one, geographically it works. Like you said, the rivalries work. I mean, when the new SEC got expansion, it was basically all teams from the Big East. It was all big – like all teams from the Big East, like literally. Yeah. Like you had Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Miami – Yeah, throw them in there. Okay, cool. It all fits. And who cares about academics anymore? It's about football. Like our commissioner at the ACC Media Day, he said, we're moving in the direction to make football better. It's football. Like, academia doesn't matter.
2: No, and it's never mattered. I mean, it's all about college sports. I mean, and I think, like, the whole thing about, yeah, it's just – like, who, do they really care about academic? No, they don't. So I think it's time to – I don't know. I mean, we're going to see here. I think another thing is, is, will big will uh, Texas and Oklahoma be joining within the next 18 months or whatever if they pay their 75 to, mil, 75 to 80 million, or will they be there until 2025?
0: And I think it'll be sooner than later. They came out; they both came out with a statement saying they'll stay through the end of the media rights contract, so forth. But when it comes down to it, I mean, let's just say, like you love your job, but you're trying to move. And if another company wants you that bad because it's going to produce more money in the long run,
2: pay a buyout. You know, I think I think legally they just put that out there, but I know they'll they'll fight that.
1: Yeah, the they're other,
2: gonna find court. Oh, yeah. The other thing is with the sec, is some people were talking about like if the sec knows that you're still four or five well, I guess four years out from joining the conference, like are you even voting yes on this? Because that's still four years down the line. So, I don't know, there's a lot to there's gonna be a lot to unfold here with the whole realignment.
0: Yeah, there definitely is, and I think even more than money. The biggest thing that's going to prohibit those two teams from joining the SEC is, one, going to be SEC votes because I think Texas A&M is going to act like a toddler, kick and scream on the floor, Mm -hmm. and, like, scream bloody murder, no, 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 don't do it. But even more than money in votes for the SEC, I think it will be the Big 12 finding teams to join, you know, which, give or take, any team in the American, they don't want to join the Big 12. Like, like everyone's always looking to move up. But, you know, it, I feel like it's going to be a bottleneck at some point, and it just won't be able to move. Although it will eventually. Whether we have to wait all years, it's going to happen. It, yeah. I would still vote sooner than later because there's too much money at stake.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it will be interesting. I think we're really going to find out here in the next – probably a month how everything unfolds
0: yeah and everything in collegiate sports it leads back to money everything leads back to money why do you do this why do you do this because of money yeah, it's all about the
2: money it always has been even though even though they all say it's not but it is it's all about money we know it yeah is. it is
0: it, and that's true so even so going to our last topic and transitioning because it's all about money how is COVID going to affect this season because if you look at MLB ballparks, they're all basically 100 percent capacity. Yeah. NFL said we're gonna be wide open. You know, I'm a NCAA season ticket holder. We've got emails about name image, name image and likeness, and we even you know like our season tickets. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. I I would imagine all public universities in North Carolina are planning on being full I, capacity
2: or and you know, I, I don't think 90% of that. I don't think they can afford not being full capacity with as much money as they left, as long as here. But, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think the one fear is is you come – well, first of all, I mean, going back to the NC State baseball team, I don't know if that was NCAA's sick way of kind of like saying, hey, get get vaccinated or whatever like that. But I think, I think we know that – and even if you get vaccinated, you can still get it. Yeah, I think I think I mean, we're going to run into hiccups this year, whether whether people like it or not. There's going to be teams that get that players get it. And whether they're vaccinated or not vaccinated, they're still going to get it. And they're probably I think I think they said they're going to just like forfeit. Like they're not going to make up games. It's just going to be a forfeit. If I remember correctly from Yeah, I,
0: I think you're right. Because so and here's the things that are different. So you're gonna play out of conference games in every conference. Let's say last year, every conference did not have the same protocol. Yeah. Because it was too new, like too many like yeah. people involved. Everyone had different ideas. This year it may be a little bit more consistent. But let's just say, for example, NC State can't play like Mississippi State, for example. Because of COVID protocol. That game doesn't get pushed to like championship weekend. And that's what a lot of games happened last year. One, because they were all conference and the conferences can do whatever they want to. So Virginia Tech NC State couldn't play, you know, the first week of the season. You found their bye week, you say, Okay, you're you both have the same bye week. You're gonna play this week. Virginia Tech runs into another COVID issue with someone else, you play championship weekend. And they literally scheduled it championship weekend. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah.
2: I mean, yep. last year with the scheduling, they did it where they each team had open weekends. So just in case that happened, they could schedule games. This year, that's not going to happen. You're gonna have your one, you're gonna have your one bye weekend or whatever, maybe two dog weekends, and they're not going to match up with everybody else's. So, and then last year we didn't have out of conference games here. So I mean, it's gonna. I mean. I think we all know it's going to happen. We just don't want to admit it's going to happen. But there's going to be teams that are going to get probably. I mean, they're going to get the virus, and hopefully, it doesn't affect the whole team. But there's going to be a couple teams. I feel like that it's going to happen. And so, how is that going to affect college football? I mean, no,
0: I think so too. And more than anything. In give or take like i'm not an anti-vaxer person i'm not a pro-vaxer everyone needs to make their own decision but you're going to be a liability on a sports team if you're the one or let's just say because here's how they're doing it if you're not vaccinated they're te- i mean they're they're gonna treat you like it was last year you're gonna get tested you know like it's just gonna be like what you go through you know who you're signing up for if you're vaccinated i don't think you get tested unless there's a huge breakout on the team. Yeah. You know, so if it comes down to it, let's just say, for example, the NC State football teams, like the baseball team, only about 50-50, you know, you're putting everybody at risk. So from a CEO standpoint, like if you're Nick Saban and you know you have a legit shot at winning a national championship, what do you tell your players?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same – I'm pro, like, pro toys. I don't – I don't think anybody should be forced to do anything, but at the same time, like if you don't get it and you get the virus, then you're, you're going to be a liability for your team in the long run. I mean, it's just it's going to happen. And so, I mean, I think, I, are they are they only testing vaccine players vaccinated players if somebody unvaccinated tests positive?
0: I believe so or I think it's like a certain threshold until you have to test everybody. Yeah. But they're definitely doing a favor if you are vaccinated because you won't have to go through the protocols every day. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like just you have your passport, just walk through like TSA, you know. Yeah. I mean,
2: how many how many weeks do you think we can get by before that first COVID team pops up? Oh, dude! It'll
0: be week zero.
2: Yeah, it'll be week zero. Yeah, what week zero. we We'd say there's so like 14 teams
0: playing, so maybe like seven games. Someone's going to test positive, and then there may be a small cluster b- breakout. Like it'll be every week of the season. It's just you know, it'll it'll range from which teams in which pods, the conferences to geographic locations. And give or take with
2: this whole new variant coming out dude who knows that, that that's the other thing is that's my concern is come come fall winter when it starts to get cold again and we know this virus, the delta variant is probably going to break out so that also brings up the point of do they go back to the mass mandate here in north carolina and other places and the capacity that is was once 100 percent here in september and probably october do they reduce the capacity to like seventy five percent, fifty percent? Like, there's just so many unknowns that, I mean, I get, I get where people are trying not to think about it because it's depressing to think about. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a legit thought going forward is what's going to happen because it's just it's so unknown right now.
0: Look, all I'm saying is by by the time Chapel Hill rolls into Carter Finley Black Friday. Of Thanksgiving weekend in November, if our season tickets aren't in our original seats, we got to be spaced out because of COVID. I'm not gonna be shocked. Not
2: room for it. Definitely not hoping for it. I I wouldn't either. I I wouldn't. wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't either. I mean, that's been my thought the whole time, and that really, it really came to fruition whenever the whole NC State baseball fiasco started. Didn't you think that it was all over? Did what? Didn't you
0: think that the whole COVID testing was all over? Dude, honestly, whenever Chris Paul – I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. Whenever Chris Paul tested positive in the playoffs, I didn't know we were still testing for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I think they're only testing the, the unvaccinated people. But, I mean, if we're being completely honest, if, if we keep on testing people, vaccinated, unvaccinated, whatever, then this is just going to be a reoccurring thing for the rest of the rest of our lives. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and and here's the thing. So to bring up NC State baseball one more time, using them as a scapegoat. What happened if you don't know the full story? So earlier in the week, and I was watching this interview, Elliot Avent went on Packer and Durham on the ACC Network, and he mentioned that a couple of players were sick. You know, NC State won their first two games in Omaha. They had a little bit of a break, well needed rest. Okay, cool. So you know, you do your testing before like Friday before the Vanderbilt game, and it comes back before game time results come back. You test like the night before, and hey, we have some players that tested positive. Okay, well, like the the protocol in Omaha was, okay, if you have like an X amount of people test positive, like all your unvaxxed players have to test positive or have to get tested. So you test them, their unvaxxed players, only a couple of them, not a lot, tested positive so then it, it snowballs okay all your vaccinated players have to get tested nc state baseball had more vaccinated players test positive for covid than unvaccinated players so then that's when they were left with 13 like players on a roster the pack 13
2: and they almost beat them that that day by the way they, they almost beat them, them. It, it was
0: awesome to see so then what happened that night after the game they were playing Saturday before the Saturday game. Like they basically had two options. It was a, you can play with the same 13 people that you played with. They went, they had four pitchers. They went through three in that game. Arms are going to be shot. So you can play with the same 13 and like not have to get tested again because of the protocol in Omaha, they, they were all clear, or you can test everybody again and try to test to having more players into playing on Saturday. So, Boo Corrigan, the NC State athletic director, he opted into all right, well, let's test everybody again and we'll try to get more players to test negative to play. Well, the results didn't come back favorable, give or take. A, a COVID test isn't very accurate. Well, that's I say standard. more accurate than not. I, I guess you give it that. What, like 70, 60%? Yeah.
2: I mean, that's just like, I mean, a little off topic here, but that's just like John Rahm. He literally just tested positive. Yeah. That that sucks, by the way. But he literally just tested positive at the end of May or whatever because uh, he was he was crushing in the Memorial Tournament, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then he was going off to Olympics right here. And then somehow he tests positive again. And my question is, is are they just basing off of one test and saying, oh, you're positive? Or are they doing a couple tests? Because – there can be false positives, and we know that.
0: Yeah, and nothing's clear. But also, you remember how the whole like antibodies thing was like, yeah, hype. Well, that's another. Positive. question. You have ninety days, and like you yeah. can't get it again. Well, he tested positive for it. A false positive, most likely. Yeah, and that was like two, what, two months? Not even. Yeah, it, it was less than sixty days. Yeah, he's lost almost two million dollars in like winnings, or say like over one million dollars in winnings that yeah. that ain't some change
2: he could have had a good chance to place in the metal rounds the way he's been playing too
0: yeah and, and it sucks to see but you know that's something that every head coach is going to have to have a talk with their players and like for elliot Avent, the state coach he'll never throw his players under the bus he knew his team was about 50 50 like getting Tessa going into omaha but hey you know, luck of the draw, it is what it is. It sucks because that would have been the best thing to happen to NC State like athletics in what forty years almost? Since winning the national championship in basketball. Yeah, since eighty three. And you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it happened.
2: Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I'm 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 optimistically cautious of I'm not I'm not really pessimistic at the beginning because like September, October, I think we'll be fine. It's still going to be hot anything like that. But come fall winter, when it starts to get cold around here, that's when I'm like, I'm a little, little cautious. Like I don't want to be too optimistic about it. And I think it sounds like you're kind of, you might be in the same boat about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, end of the season, I think, anything's fair game for what can happen but like i tell you what they're gonna give it their best shot to open it up as normal as possible yeah and oh, yeah. i'm not a health nut like i mean i, I want to go to the games with like oh, no mask like anything do you know how hot it is like sitting in carter finley stadium on a set on a saturday afternoon in september it's like 95 degrees there's no way in hell i'm wearing a mask in there
2: no no they're not gonna i mean these these stadiums will be packed. I think it's all like there's so many people. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm. It's gonna be. I mean, just watching. I don't know if you watch the uh, watch the Hurricanes hockey or whatever. Whenever they had, they packed the um, PNC Arena, but it was just cool to see.
0: Yeah, it was. It was awesome.
2: It, I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be really cool. Seeing packed, 75, 80,000 fans, just all jam packed. I mean, it's just gonna be it's gonna be nice considering what we saw last year. How long it will last? I guess that that's to be seen. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited yep. for sure.
0: We're gonna get up the first so of the season, maybe the first couple. Um, so with with that, we're not gonna look ahead to actual week one, but no. let's just uh, go over a couple games for week zero. So Saturday, August twenty eighth, will be our opening college football games of the season, and we're not giving you what you want right now. We're not giving you the locks. But Nebraska, seven and a half point favorite over Illinois. Any any thoughts on that?
2: I mean, Scott Frost has to be on the hot seat, right? Absolutely. I mean, my gosh, they thought he was going to be the savior after just crushing it out of UCF. They thought he was just going to come in and, I mean, have they even have a winning season yet? I don't know if they. I, no, no, they definitely yeah. did not. I mean, they. He's he's got to be feeling the heat. And then Illinois. I, I mean, honestly, that's probably going to be a really boring game because there's probably not going to be much offense in that game. The Big Ten really doesn't play offense.
0: Well, the cool thing is, if you want to gamble that Saturday, like that game kicks off at one, and then three thirty, you're to Hawaii playing the the 12 o'clock Eastern time so yeah. case. But they're a 17-point underdog to UCLA uh, in California at 3.30. UCLA, I'm still not expecting a lot out of them no. initial thoughts. None of the over-unders are out for these either. UCLA should be able to cover 17 points against Hawaii, but That's will exactly.
2: they? Mm, I uh, think Chip Kelly I is slowly but surely starting to turn that program around. It's taken a little while, but they've had their, they've had their flashes and brilliance. I think even last year they did. I mean, last year, it's really hard to even consider last year just because it was a weird year. But I think Chip Kelly is starting to turn that, turn that program around.
0: Yeah, he might. And you look at some games last year, I mean, he threw up like 50, like sometimes 60 points. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii's – Really, like, only good at home from what I can remember. Yeah. So, that might be something I'd take. Maybe the over/under might still be, like, kind of iffy. Because UCLA like throw up a bunch of points in Hawaii, do nothing. Who knows? And then the 930 game, not much going on. UTEP, New Mexico State, I have no takes on that
2: game. No, I, I, I don't, I don't think – probably many people won't be watching that one.
0: We'll bypass that. So for the ten o'clock game on the first Saturday of week zero, you have Fresno State in Connecticut. Fresno State's a twenty seven and a
2: half point favorite right now against Connecticut. Connecticut is Connecticut that bad? Yukon's bad. Yukon is in the state of I don't even think they played last year. I'm pretty sure they were one of the first teams to come out and say, Hey, like, if we play, we're gonna lose money. <laughs> like Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, yeah know, no, really.
2: That's how. That's a make- football program. Yeah. That, so I don't think I don't think they uh, I don't think they played. I think they canceled their whole season without even playing. So that's probably the reason why they're twenty seven and a half point underdogs. I mean, they're probably- I would hope they cover it, but
0: they also haven't played football in three hundred sixty five days. So yeah. Fresno State might be the bet there. You may want to take it twenty seven and a half before it gets up to thirty. You might want, you might want to. Yeah, no. All right. So that's our early line. Look ahead, hit on a couple of topics for you guys, conference alignment NIL, and the COVID. No, we will be back in about a week or a couple of weeks to give you win totals for teams that we like. And you want to lock those up. So stay tuned. Other than that, Brett, thanks for joining me as always. I'm looking forward to season two
2: of this Shindig and uh let's roll it. Yeah, it's going to be back, man. I'm getting really excited for it. So, yeah, see you guys in a couple weeks. See you.